Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Tuesday, February the 1st, 2022. My name is Stephen Carnegie, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, got about, which means a person who goes from place to place and social activity. Got about. Hope everyone is enjoying their Tuesday or will enjoy their Tuesday. Uh, weather here in North Carolina is looking pretty good. Supposed to get up into the 50s today. And I think later on this week, they're calling for some 60 degrees temperatures. Wow. <laughs> uh, North Carolina weather. So unpredictable. One day it's 18 and the next <laughs> it's uh, running into the 60s. Wow. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Uh, Of course, no forecast for snow (laughs) thus far, but the month is still young. The month is still young. Like I said, today is uh, February the 1st, uh, the start of Black History Month, certainly a time of reflection and acknowledgement. You know, uh, I can, this Black History Month to me is uh, a time I think a lot of times I hear a lot of people say that, you know, our history as black Americans isn't taught in school like it should be. And they're right. It's it's, it's true. It it just is. So what I did uh, years ago and and it works for me, I taught myself a self-education. You could learn so much. And if you're saying to yourself, well, I'm too old. to learn." Hey, at 48 years of age, I have learned. I've learned so much just by educating myself. You know, if you're not getting it somewhere else, then go get it yourself. Bottom line. And if you're saying, well, our kids aren't being taught that in school, you teach them as a parent, as an older brother, older sister, older cousin, uh, grandmother, grandfather, whatever the case, you teach them. If it's not happening in, in where, you, where you're saying like public school or whatever, hey, do for yourself. And, that, and that's one thing Black History Month has always meant to me because all those people that we learned about, despite all the obstacles and roadblocks and discrimination they face, they pretty much all of them have went and got it themselves regardless. Uh, many times I think that we've lost that as uh, Black Americans. Uh, many times I think and, and say to myself, we're just sitting around waiting for it to fall out of the sky. Well, guess what? It ain't going to fall out of the sky. Go get it yourself. Simple and plain. But it, it is a, a most definitely a time of reflection and acknowledgement for those that have paved the way for you and I. Because as we all know, a lot of times uh, they weren't talked about, didn't even acknowledge some people have never heard. There's a lot of people that I've never heard of a day in my life. But when I went on that uh, self-education journey, there they were. Never knew. One, you, you will be surprised at what you can learn on your own, as opposed to having someone give you what they want. And I know the hot topic of the day now is uh, critical race theory. <laughs> well, uh, critical race theory or no critical race theory for me, it's it's you going to get it yourself. And if they're going to teach, and let me just say this, if they're going to teach this critical race theory in school now or trying to fight uh, fight to get it in there, I, I, I got to ask, how are you going to teach it? Are you going to tell the full story? 
or are you going to be selective once again? Uh, if you're going to be selective about pick and choose who or what or what aspect of a certain uh, moment in history you want taught, uh, you might as well you might as well just leave it as it is. And that goes for black and white, because uh, hey, like I said, I I have gone on that uh, journey of self education, and I found out a lot of things that uh, it wasn't just a misconception; it was a lie. A lot of things about black people that that in slavery or, or, or being discriminated against. When I dug deep, I found some things out, and I was like, "Wow, what, what do you know?" So, if you're going to teach critical race theory in school, get ready because these kitties are going to have a lot of questions, and you're going to have to provide some answers that you may not be ready for. Black and white, yeah, I said it. I just did. Well. All right, let's move along here. Uh, <laughs> hey, did you see this fool in Florida <laughs> with this gun? <laughs> okay, he pretty much shot his own damn car up. He just did. Apparently, there was a road rage incident. Either he was cut off or he cut someone else off, and the person behind them started tailgating him and, and whatever. So he's sitting in his car. Keep in mind that he has a dash cam that is turned on him. So you can see his every movement, his every action, his every reaction. So he's sitting in the car, the car's tailgate him, running up on him. So he slams on the brakes and then he speeds up, you know, picks up the speed again. And lo and behold, a, a few seconds later, he reaches into his uh, the, the side arm panel or arm co console, pulls out a gun, you can see the cars, the car behind him start to move over and come up beside him. So he looks like he's trying to roll his window down, but he didn't get, get, get a chance to roll his window down completely. Then he just starts shooting. The fool shot up his own car. Luckily, no one was hurt or injured. This is a, everybody doesn't need a gun. I don't know about that gun control nonsense, but everyone doesn't need a gun because that was just foolish. You're shooting inside of your own car outside. Windows rolled up, shot through the windshield however many times. <laughs> it is, it's just humorous to me that you would get so rattled and upset about cutting someone off or someone cutting you off that you in turn will decide to pull your gun out and start shooting. Then you didn't even shoot outside the car. You shot through your own car. Uh, sometime later, he turned himself in and tried to explain what had happened. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they arrested him. They should have arrested him. They should throw him in jail for just on GP alone or just being foolish because none of that made any sense. You shot up your own car. <laughs> if you see the video... Oh, he looked like a scared. <laughs> the way he was holding the gun and and oh and moving and I was just waiting for him to start hollering. Ah, oh, they shooting! I'm shooting! <laughs> yeah, everyone doesn't need a gun. They just don't. Uh, just like I said, everyone doesn't need a driver's license. Everyone doesn't need a gun. Uh, folks, some folks just can't handle it because that made no sense. That's a prime example or a glaring example of idiocy and firearms. Everyone can't have it. They can't, they, they, they can't, I'm sorry. 
First Amendment right or no for uh, your, your amendment rights or, your, or, or no amendment rights, whatever, however you word it or term it. No, that's a no for me. Everyone doesn't need a gun. I'm sorry. And he's a prime example because he looked like a complete and utter idiot. He just did. He just did. If you see that video, you'll be like, yeah, this guy here. <laughs> he's, he even made up a little song when I guess he cut the person off. And the person was honking the horn, and he made up a. You hear him singing a little uh, song or something, uh, while the music was playing. <laughs> well, he, I think he said that uh, either that he said that the person was shooting at him, or they threw a water bottle, uh, and you could hear a pop before he started shooting. But if they just threw a water bottle at you, homie, <laughs> good lord, man, no way in the world. Do you need a gun ever in life? <laughs> and the way you were holding that thing and ducking it, I'm like, what in the world? You got to see this video. It is humorous. <laughs> yeah, everyone doesn't need a gun, does not need a gun. All right, uh, let's go get it. I'm going to make this short and sweet this morning. Probably be one of the shortest uh, podcasts I've, I've done in a while, maybe since I first started. But um, a federal judge yesterday rejected a plea agreement uh, of the, the two out of the three men that were convicted of killing Ahmad Arbery last year in Georgia. Now, apparently this was uh, in federal court for the uh, federal hate crime charges. So they somehow or another, uh, his lawyers and uh, I, I guess the lawyers for the the, the, the feds and, and, and Ahmaud Arbery's uh, parents' lawyers all got together and somehow, some way they came up with, well, his lawyers came up with a plea agreement. Now, uh, now here, here's, the, here's the kicker for me. What it is, they wanted to serve time even though it was federal hate crimes, they wanted to serve their 30 years of this, if they pleaded guilty to federal hate crimes, they wanted to serve these uh, 30 years in federal prison as opposed to going to state prison, because as they termed it, state prison would be worse because uh, I believe the father, there's it's two out of three. It was a father and son and a neighbor. And, and the father was a former police officer and, and, and his lawyers got together and said, hey, if you put him in state prison and he's a former uh, police officer, it may not end well for him. Uh, not to sound harsh and cruel, but uh, yeah, and duh, who cares? You committed a crime. I've told you no, numerous times, no matter what the instance, no matter what the case, a murderer is a murderer. You three, I don't, even the third one that, that was filming, you ate it and abetted in my eyes, are murderers. You shouldn't get any preferential treatment. You don't want to serve time in state prison because you're afraid something may happen to you. Oh, boo-hoo. You murdered someone. You stalked them and murdered them. Simple and plain. You don't get any preferential treatment. And the federal judge, of course, she uh, uh, denied, <laughs> rightfully so, what what can a common everyday citizen get preferential treatment like that and go before a federal judge and say, hey, I don't want to serve time in state prison. I want to go to federal prison because it's more cushy and there's more protection. Is that how the justice system works? A convicted murderer or murderers 
can go in front of a judge and say, I don't want to serve time in state prison. I want to do it in federal prison because it's safer. I want to do my 30 years in federal prison, along with the life sentence they already received for the uh, killing of Ahmaud Arbery. So that's where we are as a society, as a criminal justice system. We have, well, uh, well, I guess you do. You do. We all have uh, uh, rights, even if you are a convicted uh, murderer. <laughs> now, now the plea, and this is where his lawyers chimed in. Now, part of the plea agreement was for him to plead guilty to killing Ahmaud Arbery out of uh, racial animosity. I guess that's part of the plea, the the, the wording in your plea of, of pleading guilty. And, and like I said, the judge rejected it and told him and his son, because the third guy, he, he's not on trial. He's not uh, somehow, some way. He got a more lenient system uh, sentence because he was filming the the incident or encounter, and and the judge said, "Hey, you and your son have until Friday to tell me where you want to still plead or not, because uh, pretty much you're going to state prison either way." <laughs> I, I'm not laughing, <laughs> but it, it's it's that is just ridiculous to me. The ball's on you. The ball's on your attorneys. You guys have a pair or pairs on you, whether you you got a female or not. Y'all got some. Y'all got a pair. I give you that. Because I never in a million years thought of any that anyone would would, would have the, the gumption to go do that. I don't want to serve my time in state prison because it's going to be harder for me as opposed to serving my time in federal prison. And all I have to do is plead and say, yeah, I killed him because of the color of his skin. And you give me 30 years in a cushy federal penitentiary and then hope maybe state prison would be too overloaded, too overcrowded. And I could serve out the rest of my life sentence in that federal penitentiary, too. Is that what you guys were gearing towards, working towards? Yeah, probably was. Sounds like a long shot. But then if you sit there and think about it, it really isn't. <laughs> Yeah, these fools. Oh, you you guys are are a whole uh, y'all are special. <laughs> you're special. You and your yeah, you and your son are real special, and your process and your uh, attorneys are special too, because what they said was with him admitting to uh, 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 the plea uh, with the plea of him admitting to that he killed Ahmad Aubrey out of racial animosity. It it should go far in in accepting the plea because it shows that he's an honest man. He's going to take responsibility for his actions. Pretty much that's what they were saying. Huh. Uh, gee, you guys were, uh, you didn't want to take responsibility for your actions until that tape appeared because that video appeared some time later after the incident had already taken place. That uh, video didn't appear just like that after that incident happened. That appeared, so it, it popped up sometime later. Hmm. And now you're, you're standing there or sitting there saying you're going to take responsibility for your actions. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I guess that's how you do it. If, if you're in, in the thick of it, you do have attorneys. I guess they'll pull any and everything out of the bag to, to, to spare you or at least get you a more lenient sense. Ahmaud Arbery's mother and, and the rest of the family, of course, were like, no, no way in the world. Even though uh, his attorney said that he had met with the family's attorney and they had agreed to the plea deal 
she came out and a lawyer came out, but she came out more specifically and, and stood up in the courtroom and told the judge, if you accept this plea, you are they are once again spitting in my face. Correct. They are. You're going to give murderers that ran down, well, stalked, ran down a man while he was jogging because he thought he was in your neighborhood up to no good. You had had several reports of a break-in or break-ins or thievery at a, a house that was under construction, and you were going to put a stop to it that particular day because you and your son and your neighbor were fed up. So you hopped on your, <laughs> you hopped in your pickup truck, grabbed your rifle. I got, I think your son grabbed, uh, whoever it was, somebody grabbed a rifle, somebody grabbed a, a handgun and your neighbor grabbed his cell phone <laughs> and started recording. Hop out the bed of your truck with your rifle and get into it with him. And he ends up getting killed. So you're, you're, you're a man of uh <laughs> it, it, that is supposed to be uh i guess your moment of your you standing your ground protecting your neighborhood first of all uh, that's absurd uh i would think if you you suspect someone is in your neighborhood doing no good stealing or breaking in or whatever i would think you would call the police not hop, hop in your truck with your long gun and and hunt them down and then and to the neighbor um why were you recording? If you were having such a problem with crime or, or, or whatever in your neighborhood, I would think if you had your phone on you, you would be calling 911 for the police to come and handle the situation. But you picked up your phone, rode behind them in your own personal vehicle, filming. But yet and still, you gentlemen are men of honor and valor. At least that's the way you want to tell it for this plea. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are a bunch of oh, all right <laughs> you guys are a bunch of dingleberries you really are yeah the judge rejected the plea you got they have until friday to come back and say whether they, they're still going to plead or if they're going to try to fight it um maybe if i was your lawyer i would tell you just hey just let the whole thing go do your 30 years just gonna have to do your 30 years in state along with that life sentence you just are welcome to the real world there's countless other uh, uh, men and women that that are, are sitting in state uh, state prisons. That's because you are, were a one-time police officer, a disgraced police officer. I personally think you're, you're a disgrace to that uniform and that badge, even though you had retired or whatever. I don't think you should have the right to, to pull that out of the woodwork. So I'm a former police officer. They're going to hurt me in state prison. Oh, boo-hoo. Boo-hoo. Sucks to be you, doesn't it? <laughs> wow. Just wow. Just wow. Just wow. Just wow for me. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens Friday, what they decide. Maybe they'll pull something out outside of the woodworks. Um, hey, as for me, you need to do your 30 in state. You don't get any preferential treatment. You don't need to go to no federal prison to do that, that 30 years. Yeah, I, I got a feeling you, you know full well if you go up in there. <laughs> If you go up in that state prison in Georgia and they realize who you are, good goobity goop. <laughs> yeah, you, I don't mean to laugh. 
I don't mean to laugh, but I don't think you go. It's gonna fare too well for you, homie. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna fare too well for you, and you just might not make it out of there. I, I'm, 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 I'm being honest. It, you just not, you just might not make it out of there. Um, I can see you, you, you guys are grasping. You're grasping for a, a, a blade of grass as you're falling off the cliff, <laughs> but it don't look like it's working. Because you guys, you got to understand, they had ample opportunity before they stalked and and hunted them down. They had ample opportunity to go a different route. They just did. Like I said, the neighbor that had the the cell phone and that was filming, you should have been dialing 911. Why, Why are you filming? What were you filming? What were you hoping to capture? Truthfully. Like I said, if you were concerned neighbors or or concerned residents of that neighborhood and you said you were fed up with everything that had been going on with people coming into that uh, house that was under construction or being remodeled, stealing things or snooping around or whatever. If you were that fed up, I would think when you saw someone that wasn't uh, from that neighborhood, you would have said to yourself, let's call 911. Let's call the police. Get about here now. But you didn't. Just didn't. Jumped in your truck with your long gun and your handgun, with your neighbor telling behind in his own personal vehicle, filming the whole incident or encounter, however you word it. Uh, like I said earlier, not to sound harsh and crude, but this is this is just me. Uh, a murderer is a murderer. I don't care what the instance is. You two are, or one, however you want to term it, uh, you, you're, you're convicted murderers. You're convicted murderers for a reason. You received that life sentence because you were found guilty of murder. Just were. Now you ask for preferential treatment because uh, you have to, you know you got another charge of this federal hate crime and somehow, some way you figured, hell, maybe I could serve 30 years of it at least in a cushy facility, and maybe they'll show some, show, show some leniency on me also when I do that 30, that I, I'll stay in that federal penitentiary. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what you were gambling on. But I, I, I got to agree with uh, Ar- Ahmad Arbery's mother. If you, if you give that guy, he if the judge would have given that plea deal so uh, accepted that plea deal. That would have been another spit in her face. They, it would have just you would have spat in her face all over again. You just would have, just would have. I, I can offer that that that's beyond comprehension to me. That you would. I know you had to hear it. You at least had to hear it as a judge. I get it, got it, understand it. But to actually take it in under consideration. And, and for those lawyers to come out and say that, that that was the plea deal that they had worked out with his lawyer, his mother's lawyer, and and, and the state, and, and it was at one, one point in time it was acceptable, but now they're den- they're denying it. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe you got your wires crossed, because I really doubt that that family sat there and heard that that uh, plea and thought it was a good idea. And then all of a sudden, miraculously, they get in front of the judge and, and they say, no, I, I doubt that. I doubt that. You can't convince me. You can't convince me that that woman, that mother 
and father and the rest of those family members sat there and heard that plea and, and heard your uh, compassionate overflow of bull and say, yeah, let's, let's be light on them. Yeah, we, we'll allow them to accept the plea deal. And then all of a sudden they got in front of the judge and said, no, I don't think that is what happened. I just don't. There's no way in the world you could convince me of that. Just like there's no way in the world you could convince me that you should have a lenient sentence because you were a former police officer that killed someone and you don't want to go to state prison. You'd rather do it in federal prison. Okay. Yeah. Good luck with that. Like I said, the judge told me, hey, you, you and your son, you got till Friday to tell me whether you, you're going to accept what I just said or not. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. The gall of some people. Just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Well, that's all for me today. And I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, listen, follow, support, share, offer feedback. Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response. And I would love to hear your voice. So offer feedback. I won't bite. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio, Public, Verbal, and WordPress. And as always, thank you for listening. This is Stephen Carnegie for This Is Just a Thought. Amen.